NFR Extra is a podcast dedicated to the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo and features icons and personalities that embody the Western lifestyle. And I was like, well, I have him entered at Youth World. Can I, can I run him there? And she was like, yeah. You can run him. I was like, okay. So I took him to Perry, Georgia, ran him. Out of 1,750 horses, he wins it. So he gets scared and he takes off down this track and he's on the other side of it. My mom's freaking out because I was like third or fourth out in the barrels. Like the truck is driving in the barrels and he is like stone cold frozen, wouldn't move. And like I had to get off of him and start trotting him in a little bitty circle and like slowly inch my way around that track, trotting in a little bitty circle. The reason I say he won Pinocchio and was so fast there was because he was just like so ready to get out of there because he was so scared. <laughs> like he was running out of complete fear. And like when I tell the story, it almost sounds like, it sounds wild. I'm like, I promise it really happened. Howdy, I'm Bob Tom, and this is the NFR Extra. Where, uh, where are you at right now? I am in Texas right now, and I'm leaving for Georgia this weekend. Very nice. Miss Haley, it's, it's a big state. You have to be a little bit more specific. Oh, <laughs> I'm in Fort Worth. There you go. Now nice. you got a bead on you. How's the weather down in Fort Worth? <laughs> yeah, cold. It's like 40. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So, Bailey, we're going to give you a little bit of the lay of the land just so you know who you're talking to. And uh, and the, the cold comment won't resonate as hard. Uh, so my name is Andy Seiler. And joining us is Miss Brylin, who set all this up, that works for LVE. And Steve Godert has been with the podcast for three or four years now. Yeah. And Steve is in southwestern Montana. So. Uh, oh, God, no. I would I'd die. Already, <laughs> I'd, I'd give I'd give my middle child, which is my only son, for forty degrees right now. Yeah, look, I um, I went to Canada in November, and it was like negative fourteen, and it was snowing, and it was windy, and I legit thought I was dying. Yeah, like I thought I was dying. It, it takes a it takes a long minute to get acclimated to cold, and you nobody God did not design us to endure this. So I don't know why we choose to live in these places. No, and I, that's what I told my I have Canadian friends, and I was like, y'all have thicker blood and thicker skin than I do. <laughs> like you, y'all just have a different kind of of blood and skin. Yeah, I think it's called a liquor blanket. Is it not? <laughs> I don't know. Couldn't do it. Did you take horses up there, or was that just for a fun deal? Yeah, it was for the Canadian finals. Oh, See, okay. I was in the Bahamas the week before. Oh, and I was gosh. chilling on the beach in my bikini, you know, living life. And then the night I got home to the Bahamas, I had to get in the truck and we drove to Canada. Oh. And it was negative 14 and blizzarding. And yeah, it was miserable. Did your horses seem to like it as much as you did? No, my horse would hardly have to bribe him out of the barn with treats. <laughs> he was not having it. So, I mean, does the how long does the suntan stay in Canada? Um, it did not last very long. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, le- it leaves instantly. Your body absorbs all the vitamin D it can, and then it's like, all right, survival mode here. 
Yeah, I was like, can I just like get back south? I, I told everyone, I was like, I draw a line and it goes right across to the top of Texas or not even the top of Texas, top of Texas is too cold. Like Fort Worth is nor- far north as I'm going and draw a line straight across and I don't ever want to cross it. Right. <laughs> like I'm a Southern girl for life. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Well, getting onto the business side, a big congratulations on both the rookie of the year and your first Wrangler National Finals qualifier. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Tell us a little bit about your season and how it all kind of shaped up. Did you intend on making the National Finals Rodeo? I know that may sound like a crazy question entirely, but this was your first year going down the road full time, right? When I started this, so I turned 18 in June of, or in yeah, June of 21. And I bought my permit in July of 21. But when I bought my permit, I bought my permit with the intent to like rodeo on it for a year because all I had was I had a four-year-old at the time and all my other horses were hurt. And so I was just like trying to find something to ride pretty much. And so I entered um, the the North Texas Rodeos in Denton, Texas. Yep. And it was a qualifier to the Fort Worth Stock Show. And when I entered this rodeo, it was the first rodeo I'd entered. And like I said, I was on a four-year-old and it had poured rain. It was muddy. And I was like, this is stupid. I'm going to get bucked off, you know? So <laughs> I was like, whatever. But I went. And he and I ran in slack on that Thursday. Well, he was winning it out of slack, but I didn't think it would hold, you know? Well, then come Sunday, it held. And so I filled my permit in that one run. And then they were like, well, you... And I was like, well, can I just buy an extended permit and rodeo like the rest of like what would have been last year on an extended permit. Cause I didn't want to waste my rookie year, you know? Right. And they said, no, because if you don't, when you enter Fort Worth permits, can't get into Fort Worth. So you have to buy your card or you can't go. We'll just drop down and get the person under you. And I was like, well, dang it. So I had to buy my card then because I, I know who doesn't want to go to Fort Worth. And so I bought my card and for like the first six months, I didn't, I had to win like $500 wasn't even in the top 100 of the standings and I was like ready to quit because I just like didn't have the horse underneath me and you know it was just like every time I'd go in the pen something bad would happen you know just something completely outrageous I was like this is dumb like I want to go home and go to fraternities you know (laughs) (laughs) so I was driving or I had left Florida and I had went to a, a rodeo Montgomery and I hit a barrel to win it and I actually had my horse sold um so on the way home, I was pulling out of the parking lot in Montgomery. And so I was kind of in bad mood because, I, like I said, I just hit a barrel to win it. And the Doug Perry called me and said, hey, um, we had an opening at Radio Austin. Can you be here tomorrow night? And I was like, yeah, perfect. It's on my way home. I'll be there. And so I was like, and like I said, I sold my, or I had it priced and sold and these people were ready to buy them, but I, they were waiting for me to get home, right? Right. So I drive home to Austin and I run that night and he wins the round. And then before I get in the parking lot, the people are calling me ready to buy him even more. And I was like, well, now you need to my finals. So might as well stay on him for a little while. And um, then I won the semifinals on him and then ended up like second or third in the average. He threw two shoes in the finals and ended up third in the finals. But I want to say he was like second in the average there. And so I was like, well, that was fun. And so I don't know what happened in the trailer from Montgomery to Austin. But all my horses decided they were going to be rodeo horses. And then, you know, like they just started winning. I won three rodeos back to back. I won Vernon, Mineral Wells, and Kansas City back to back to back and placed at Diamond. And that rolled us into the summer. And then, um, 
you know, I was the number one money earner over Cowboy Christmas and won all the rounds at Pinoca. And then it was kind of probably, so I actually peaked into the top 15 my birthday weekend. Oh, man. Um, so. Yeah, happy birthday. Yeah, I was like, I was sitting in 14th on my birthday weekend in June, June 19th. And I just got to Canada and I was freezing in June. Um, it was cold up there in June. And I was like, man, I'm ready to go home. And then uh, I had to went up there for the Calgary qualifier. And Miss Ann does my entering. And she said, well, if you qualify to Calgary, then you're just going to stay up there in rodeo. And then if you don't qualify to Calgary, we'll come back to the States in rodeo, right? So I qualified to Calgary. And so then we just stayed up there and I rodeoed and did really well. And then after Calgary, I actually left Canada and I drove to Salinas. And while I was in Salinas, the CPRA called me and said, hey, um, you got to come back. You don't have your rodeo count and you can't go to the final if you don't have your rodeo count in. Oh, man. I said, dang it. Okay, so I, I went second in Salinas and then I turned around and drove back to Canada and got my, I only had like nine rodeos and I had to get nine more because I'd have 18 to go to the finals up there. So I drove back to Canada and got my nine more rodeos in. And then oh, one of my horses got stopped at the border because her coggins, they just put pictures of her, not a narrative description. Oh my. So, so I had to leave her in Montana with a friend of mine. I went to Canada, ran in Canada, then dropped down through Idaho, ran there, and then went to Salt Lake City, Utah, ran in Salt Lake, had to leave Salt Lake and drive all the way back to Montana, get my horse, and then drive all the way to Texas to get home. Wow. And I was gone for 103 days on the road. Wow. Jeez. So the long story short, you didn't ever sell the horse. No, I still have it. My friend's selling all of them, but no. <laughs> Listen, the last time I threatened to sell him, so I threatened to sell him the year before that, and um, I was on my way to Youth World, and I threatened, I threatened to sell him. I had him sold, and I was like, well, I had him entered at Youth World. Can I can I run him there? And she was like, yeah, you can run him. I was like, okay. So I took him to Perry, Georgia, ran him. Out of 1,750 horses, he wins it. And so wow. then I was like, well, maybe I should keep him. <laughs> So, so what's his name? Every time I start to sell him, a boozer. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. And so then it, before the American last year, he had tourist dispensary back in December. And his first run back would have been the American. And I had this one girl wanting to buy him again. And I was like, yeah. And then so his first run back. And I was like, well, I don't have anything to run the American. I'll need to run him. She's like, okay. And they were going to come try him after. And he makes the perf rounds at the American, his first run back. I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't sell him. So, so I anytime think, I wanted yeah. to win, I just start to sell him. Right. Yeah. So like every, every, every six months he's up for sale and it's, it's going to be almost yeah. one of those things of like a silent auction to where we just keep bidding him up. Yep. He's sold, but I've got to go to the NFR on him and then we'll see how he goes. Does there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm since, like, I feel like I'm usually not that with you, Ashi, but I mean, I've had that horse since he was young and, like one fraternity horse a year and everything on him. And he was kind of my first one. So when I get mad at him, I'm like, I'm selling you and price him. And it doesn't take long because everyone knows him. So like, yeah, I'll buy him. <laughs> and something. I'm like, well, maybe she keep him. Since it was your first year as a pro, Bailey, I think a lot of, a lot of success later in a career, and I don't care what time to it is, even rough stock as well. Entering is so crucial. You know, qualifying for the mm -hmm. NFR in your rookie season, who who helped you with that? Because I don't see a lot of rookies just going, hey, I'm going to Canada. So 
who who was it that kind of spearheaded all of that and helped you with your entering process? Yeah, so Miss Ann Thompson, um, she's from Hot Springs, Arkansas. She does my entering, and she actually enters for a lot of the barrel races. Um, but like, I'm a terrible scheduler, um, and I don't plan very well, so that I knew that was going to be a problem for me going into this. And so Ann just Ann tells me where to go. She says, <laughs> "Hey, you're going here, 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 here." And don't be late. And I say, okay. And I don't argue. I don't think twice. Sometimes I'm thinking in my head, this is absolutely crazy. Like over the 4th of July, I turned out of everything. You know, those girls are going to 12, 14 rodeos. I went to four. I was the number one money earner. Wow. Wow. So what did that so entail? Me, what, what did like, you win? She turned me. Um, I won all. So I was at Pinoca and I won the long round, the short round, the final four, and the average at Pinoca. That's wow. handy. That works. Yeah, and, the, and what's the funny story about that was I had that the big sorrow horse dash. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I won most of my money on over the summer. Um, Pinoca was his per- first performance of his life, so he actually got injured and was off for two years. And like in like March, April last year, I finally got to start riding him again and getting back in shape. And then I qualified to Calgary on him when I got up there. Well, then. Pinocchio, I was in a perf there and I wanted to see kind of how he would do outside, you know, because I really hadn't ran him in two years, right? Well, they had those mountain shooter people right before the barrels. Mm-hmm. And Pinocchio's on a track, right? Yep. So they had these mountain shooter people right before the barrels and he takes off down the track because they start like at the end, they have like this finale and everyone starts shooting their guns, you know? So he gets scared and he takes off down this track. And he's on the other side of it. My mom's freaking out because I was like third or fourth out in the barrels. Like the truck is driving in the barrels and he is like stone cold frozen. Wouldn't move. Like I, like there were some team ropers out there and they were trying to like get him to try it. Like come on with their horses. No, he wouldn't move. He had his eyes locked on the arena and was froze. And like I had to get off of him and start trotting him in a little bitty circle and like slowly inch my way around that track, trotting in a little bitty circle to go make my run. He's like, so no way am I Pinocchio going back there. Yeah, I was like, don't. The reason I say he won Pinocchio and was so fast there was because he was just like so ready to get out of there because he was so scared. <laughs> like he was running out of complete fear. Uh, yeah, you call it Pinocchio. He calls it the OK Corral. <laughs> uh. Oh my gosh. He thought he was dying. Like when I say this, I've never seen a horse just freeze dead in his tracks and like wouldn't move. Like I was pulling his head, like to just like pull his head in a circle, would not move, did not care. Wow, what a story. And my mom was freaking out because you could see me at the other side of the track and like all these people trying to get him to move. <laughs> he was like, no, no, we're not going. And my mom was like, you're going to miss your run. And I was like, stop making things worse. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Make him go. I can't. Yeah. Let's take a quick pause and we'll be right back. Do you need a dose of social? A dash of insider info? then the National Finals Rodeo Social Network is set up just for you. Get updates, insights, unique content, and much more on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can find us at forward slash Las Vegas NFR. And be sure to use hashtag WranglerNFR on your posts and tweets. There's something for all rodeo fans, because legacies and memories are made in Vegas. Like it was, it was a rough. I mean, it's so funny to look back. 
like at all the stuff that happened last year and to look back on it now is funny. Um, but in the moment it definitely wasn't, but to look back now is and like when I tell the story, it almost sounds like it sounds wild. I'm like, I promise it really happened. I probably have documented <laughs> evidence everywhere that it really happened. You've mentioned Dash, which I don't think any of us will ever forget that story. Boozer. And then there's another horse called Preacher on your bio. Yes. So Preacher actually came from a girl um, that we know. And she, he came from Canada originally. And I got him because I didn't have Dash back at the time. So I needed like a horse to back Boozer up. So I got Preacher and I started winning on him kind of as soon as I got on him. And he was a good fit. And then he does good in like the muddy pins or, you know, the pins that you don't really like. He can stand up on like not so great ground, you know. Right. Kind of what I use him for, like if it's muddy or just not that good or. Um, he, but he won most of his money that he won all year in the spring. Kind of, I won Vernon and Minor Wells on him, and he did good at the Calgary qualifier. Yeah, he won a little bit for me, but the other two are definitely the main ones. Other than the gunfight, what would you say would be your most positive rodeo that you got to experience your first year? Or had just something that was like, wow, that was it. That was, you know, kind of the punch in the arm of rejuvenation or your favorite. Probably Austin because it was such a big turning point in my career. Like when I say I was ready to quit, I was literally on my way home. Like had my horse sold on my way home. I was like, this is crazy. And I like I literally had one. I literally had like $580 one in the first six months, like nothing. And it, I don't know, like I said, I don't know what happened in the trailer from Montgomery to Austin. Um, and, you know, and Austin's one of the big winter rodeos. So it wasn't like it was just like a little rodeo, you know. I didn't even think I had a chance. And somehow, some way, <laughs> I don't know. But my whole year turned around that night at Austin. So you had a great year. You roll into Las Vegas. You see the city lights. What is running through your head at this point? Interesting, for sure. So I get to Vegas and my plan was to stay on the Rhone. Um, and cause the dash horse had literally just got out of the rehab like two weeks prior. So I hadn't rode him since October. Well, in round three or four, I think the Rhone horse took a really bad step at the first barrel, which forced me to get on dash, which is the sorrow. I'm glad I did. I was really nervous. Cause like I said, I hadn't ran him, rode him nothing since October. And he worked really bad in practice. He literally tried to lay down in the alleyway when <laughs> I was practicing that morning. And he was throwing a fit and he was just like not happy. And so it was, he carried me through the rest of the week. Um, but I think the, the smartest thing that I did in Vegas was that ground there was kind of harder, you know, it was on the harder side. And so I really didn't have a horse that could, be fast on hard ground. I didn't have one that runs right on top of the ground. And that was a struggle for me that I didn't have a horse for that setup, you know? And so I told myself and I said, you know what? I said, I'm, I can win more money in the average than I can the rounds. So I'm going to quit trying to win rounds and I'm going to try to be solid and let the tips fall. And so I'm, I'm glad I did that. Just rode smart and made business runs and it worked out. What was one of your favorite parts of being in Las Vegas? The back number night, the first run down the alley. Could you pick a moment where it was like, wow, this is 
this was the dream? Um, I really liked the back number night because I got to wear my dress. Um, that was pretty cool. My dress was off New York Fashion Week. Oh wow. So, oh yeah. So I had a lot of fun wearing that. And if you know me, I love to dress up. It's my favorite thing to do. I had a lot of fun doing that. And I think that first time down the alleyway, it wasn't even going down. I was one hundred percent fine. Like standing back there making a run like it's the same thrill the one run all run all year wasn't a big deal. But when I came out from that first run, I just remember like getting so emotional and I like was telling Boozer, I was like, we did it. You know, like, I can't believe we did that. That was probably a really cool moment. It was that first time, not even going down the alleyway, but when you come out and like, you just made your first run at the NFR and it's something that you've worked your whole life for, you know, it was crazy. So what's your year for 23 looking like? I've been doing pretty decent. I, Went to the Texas Circuit Finals and didn't really have a whole lot of luck there. That's what happened. This dash ended up in the hospital after that. But um, then I went to Denver and I won second in the first round and then I had to barrel to win the second round. But that's okay because my horse was working good. So I was proud of him. And then I went to Fort Worth and I won second in the first round there and then um, just kind of didn't do that good in the second round. He kind of just I don't really know what happened. He kind of slipped around and was just kind of like not in it, but it's okay. I was so proud of him. So then from there, I'll go to the American regionals and then I will go to San Antonio in Houston through already Austin. So you had a lot of luck in or work that turned out very well for you in Canada. Is that something you're going to be looking to is going up North again? Oh yeah. I love Canadians. Like, I don't know if y'all ever hung out with Canadians, but they're like so fun. They're a good time. And oh yeah, like Canadians are so much fun. And like what I love about Canada is yeah, we're competitive, but like at the end of the day, we're all friends. Like we don't really care who won the rodeo. Like we're still gonna be friends. No, I I definitely understand that. That's what I love about Canadians because I feel like some of the people like in the States, it's like way too competitive. Like, yeah, being competitive is one thing, but it's not life or death. Like, come on, people. (laughs) <laughs> and so that's one thing i love about canada is like at the end of the day it doesn't matter who wins we're still gonna you know have a good time so you you have three mounts that you're traveling up and down the road with can you just kind of take us through the process of what what are you looking for when you go to buy a barrel horse that you want to take up and down the road so this is going to sound really weird and my mom thinks that i'm crazy uh but this is what works for me i can pretty much look at a horse and say this is the one like if I look at it and it don't feel right I won't have anything to do with it and I know you're like Bailey you're crazy but I'm like I'm for real like I can pretty much look at it and know no that's what my wife said Uh, I mean she was just like right off the bat that's that's it that's the one she said that about me not about a horse yeah yeah (laughs) to clarify oh my goodness colts too like I don't ever hardly ride colts because like I said, they're babies. I can just look at them. And then my huh. mom's like the opposite. She's like, let's find this one and this one and this one. And I will like turn all of them down. Like when I bought Boozer, I literally, I went, I got on an airplane and I flew out there. And let me tell y'all, Boozer was the ugliest little cult you've ever seen. I called him the <laughs> wormy cult because like, you know, when babies go through that stage where they're just ugly. Oh yeah. And he was a roan. So he was just like, not a pretty roan when he was younger. Flew out to Texas and I was 16 at the time. And I rode him 
that was the first colt I had rode. Like usually I don't ride them. Usually I'm just like, yep, this is the one. Cool. And so I was, I told mom, I said, this is the one I'm going to buy him. And she was like, Bailey, you're going to waste your money on that. And I was like, yep, I'm going to buy him. And she was like, why don't you go look at something else? She's like, that thing looks terrible. And it wasn't <laughs> even like the people that had him, they took good care of him. Like, right. I love the people that I got him from, but he was just in that ugly baby stage, you know? The awkward stage. And so we got him home and his name was Smurf, but he got his name Boozer because he literally could not lope or walk a straight line. Like he literally <laughs> almost fell over. That's how he got his name. Boozer. Oh. And I was like, because he looked drunk all the time in his left eye. Like he has like a sleepy eye in his left eye. So if you look at him, he looks drunk or high oh. all the time. Yeah. You, so almost des- you almost described me to a T. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> so with, uh, I mean, definitely the horses are at the forefront of all of your time, especially with kind of three sounds like superstars. Is there anything on any off time that you enjoy doing or hobby wise, or is it all horses all the time? Pretty much all horses all the time. I am 100% a water person. Um, if I get a chance to go to the lake or the beach, you better bet I'm there. Um, <laughs> I love to like wake surf. I like to lay on the beach. I just like, I don't know, I love being around the water. Um, I also love like fashion and stuff. Um, so anytime I get to do anything with that, that's always fun too. What's your guilty pleasure when it comes to fashion? I don't know. I mean, I love like shoes. I love handbags. I love dresses. I don't know, honestly. So just all of it. And it's so funny. Like, yeah, like I don't think I could pick just like one thing. <laughs> Do you have any bias toward handbags? Because um, I know that my wife, if it's not Louis Vuitton, it's not even getting looked at. I hate Balenciaga. I don't even know who that is. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that. Yeah. I hate Balenciaga. I won't he, wear anything or have anything Balenciaga. He sounds terrible. So after that, it's all fair game. I think, yeah, I, I think my two, I love Prada. And I, I mean, everyone likes Louis Vuitton. I'm not a big like Gucci person either, I would say. I would agree with like, you on that. I feel, like the only thing yeah. ever, I feel like the only thing that I've ever liked from them is their belt. Whatever yeah, the first handbags, I try to stick to like Prada. Um, oh, I love Christian Louis Vuitton bags. They're really pretty. That's the okay. fact that I even had to introduce this and Brylan didn't <laughs> just see, be quiet and didn't just jump in on this thing blows me away. <laughs> But the best part is none of you understood. Like the last one she mentioned, you know, those those red bottom shoes. That's kind of something you can relate to, maybe at least heard of. No, maybe. I think they were in a country song, but the other day the other day I thought I was being so mature because I found these red bottoms and they're like silver mirrored snakeskin red bottoms. And they were also like super expensive. Instead of spending money on shoes, I decided to spend money on something useful. I was like, wow, I'm so mature. What like, what was what it? So, so what ham what handbag did you buy? <laughs> I I didn't buy a handbag actually. Uh, I paid my vet bill. There you go. What that is progress from a second year professional athlete. Good job, Bailey. Yeah. <laughs> so you did, I believe it was 2019, you we're in the Kelly Kaminsky run for Vegas for the junior world finals. Is that correct? Yes. I went 2018, 2019, 2020, and 21. Four years. 
I was a diehard. Very nice. What was your thought process on that? And how do you feel that that helped you develop for your professional career? So I think that it had, it helped me prepare a lot. Um, because a, like when you go run there, like there's no ideal place to warm up. And when you go to a lot of these radios, there's no ideal place to warm up. Um, so that helps. And it just, it's a game of consistency. So this is what I told them. I actually spoke for her this year. Mm-hmm. And I said, another thing about the KK Run Vegas is three years in a row, I won the first round and hit the win the second round and never made the finals. And so the last year that I went, I told myself that I was being consistent because like the key to rodeo is consistency. Right. Being consistent. And so that's what I told myself. I'm going to be consistent, make the finals. And finally, the last year I made the finals there. And so I really think that helped me because just being consistent and having to make those back-to-back runs and not like handling everything in stride and not trying to be super fast. Um, That's actually what cost me at Denver. You know, I was second in the first round and I was like, man, I can, I can do this, you know? And I went in there the second round to win it and I drug a barrel to win it and run one of the fastest times of rodeo, but didn't get me very far because I drug a barrel. Um, (laughs) So I have my thoughts. Um, and uh, like also the setup is very different there and a lot of like the setups that you run out of areas are very different so I feel like a lot of that helps play a big part in preparing you and your horse for rodeo that's awesome insight Bailey thank you so much for your time today and just a peek into your world we look forward to seeing more of what you can do in 2023 thank you so much for having me Want to experience more of the NFR? Then visit nfrexperience.com. And we invite you to subscribe to NFR Extra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you're listening right now. If you like what you've heard on NFR Extra, we would love it if you gave us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe. Subscribe.